Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. The FT. Hello and welcome to World Weekly. I'm Sean Donnan, the FT's World News Editor. The long march towards the once-in-a-generation leadership transition at the top of the Chinese Communist Party is nearing its end. Everyone in Beijing expects this year's Party Congress to take place in mid-October. That's when we're likely to see the ascent of Li Keqiang and Xi Jinping to the top two jobs in the party, those now occupied by Messieurs Hu Jintao and Wen Jiabao. But as has become the new normal this year, not everything is going to plan. All All of this is taking place against the backdrop of a significant slowdown in the Chinese economy, and the latest twist has been the disappearance from public view of Xi Jinping, which has set the Chinese rumor mill spinning wildly. Joining me down the line from Beijing is Jimmy Landolini, our bureau chief. Here in the studio is Tom Mitchell, our deputy news editor and an old China hand. And from Washington, we're joined by Jeff Dyer, Jamil's predecessor in Beijing, and now our U.S. diplomatic correspondent. Jamil, let's start with you. What's the latest on Xi Jinping? And should we be worried that we haven't seen him in public? So it's been two weeks since we last saw Xi Jinping in public. Uh, the news today in state media was that he sent his condolences to the family of a dead uh, revolutionary hero who uh, was 101 years old and died last week. So this is the very first official sign that he's not dead or, or in a dungeon somewhere. So no photo of him, no, uh, you know, no footage of him, no uh, recording, no uh, sign that he's actually uh, fit and, and well, but a signal from the party that he's still somewhere on Earth. And what has been the official explanation for this? There hasn't been one at all. Well, I haven't been myself. I've been out of town for the last couple of days, but uh, apparently every day at the foreign ministry briefing, the uh, reporters are asking where he is, and there's this comic moment where the Ministry of Foreign Affairs spokesperson says, I've told you everything and explained everything in full. And they say, oh, can you explain it again? They say, no, no, I have already explained everything. So they're providing zero information uh, and then telling everyone that, that they've already given all the information. Now, we've heard all sorts of different explanations, and you've been passing some of, some of those on from the fact that he's got a bad back, that he was involved possibly in a, either a swimming accident or a, was it a tennis accident uh, or a football accident. What is the, the most credible explanation, Jamil? It's almost impossible to know. I mean, it seems probably that he's suffered some sort of injury or, or illness. There's a human rights group from Hong Kong today said that he'd had surgery to remove early stage cancer cells from his liver. Uh, one one theory we've we've heard some sources is that uh, he may have actually been attacked in a possible assassination attempt, but we really don't know. And the government is saying nothing. And uh, until he reappears, we we will have. And even then, we probably might we might never know actually happened to him, such as the secrecy in the system. They, they don't open the files in 50 years, let's put it that way. <laughs> we may never know until, you know, the uh, Communist Party opens its uh, archives. It's not unusual for a leader in China to not be seen in public or even to have 
references to his activities in the state media for a week or 10 days at a time. Um, that does happen occasionally. But I think one aspect of this which kind of set the alarm bells off and is quite amusing is in China, you don't get reports in the state media that Xi Jinping will be in Shanghai tomorrow or Xi Jinping is in Shanghai today. Right. You literally get reports the next day saying Xi Jinping was here yesterday. It's like graffiti on a subway wall. And the bizarre aspect of this is last Friday, the foreign ministry, I believe, went out of its way to mention to foreign journalists that there was going to be a photo opportunity with Xi and the visiting Danish prime minister. And so when that doesn't happen on Monday, then it just raises all sorts of questions and makes it look very, very odd. Jeff, how does this all look from Washington? Well, I think this is feeding into a much bigger shift in people's perceptions about China. You know, over the last few years, people in the States have been accustomed to think about China as just this relentless juggernaut that just grows every year by 10% and is just accumulating all this power and wealth and influence. But coming on top of the whole Boshi Lai saga, this is yet, yet another reminder of just how brittle the underlying system is in China. And so you have this, looking at it from the States, you have this very odd contrast between this you know, very dynamic society full of people who want to say things and get on with their lives and this incredibly rigid, opaque political system that people just have no idea what's going on. It's still the case, after all that's happened in China over the last three decades, that the, the top level of the Chinese Communist Party is just this complete black box. And everything that's happening with Xi Jinping in the last week is just reminding people of that. Now, Jamil, there's a history, as Tom mentioned, of Chinese leaders uh, disappearing from public view. What are the main events in history or the main examples in history that we can look at uh, as we ponder this question? Well, the most famous Chinese leader who, who regularly went missing was Mao Zedong. He apparently suffered from terrible depression. He would uh, he'd actually sometimes go off and live in a cave um, for, for weeks on end, and no one would see or hear from him. And Lin Biao, his, uh, his right-hand man and the head of the army, tried to defect and was shot down. His plane was shot down over, uh, over Mongolia or ran out of jet fuel, depending on who you believe. That wasn't made public for about three months, I believe. That was back in 1972. Uh, other leaders, you know, regularly just went missing. The famous one Tom was just reminding us of before uh, was in 1993, the then Premier of China, Li Peng, disappeared for three months, cancelled overseas trips because he had a cold, apparently. Many years later, it turned out that he'd had a heart attack. What's funny about this latest disappearance is Dong went missing for various periods when his star was rising and falling in the mid-1970s, but Mao-era China was North Korea writ incredibly large. When Li Peng disappeared with the longest cold in the history of medicine, 1993, he didn't have Twitter and Weibo, the Chinese equivalent, to contend with. Now, you do have Weibo, and so Xi's disappearance becomes a matter of national public humor. And a friend of mine in Beijing was saying, for example, they can censor the Chinese characters for Xi Jinping in order to weed out a lot of references. But now people have started tweeting in English. Where is she, spelled S-H-E, <laughs> and uh, reply to that uh, line is uh, only who knows, H-U, as in Hu Jintao, the president. Um, so it's, you know, these absences are just happening in a totally different environment, which just makes it all that much more fascinating, really. I mean, the other thing that's very different this year uh, is the fact that the Chinese economy is is seeing a significant slowdown. Uh, how is that playing into the leadership transition Jamil? Well, it, it makes the government clearly 
nervous that the economy is slowing as much as it has. Uh, we've seen the economy slowing for you know the last two years, but it really seems, from all the data we look at, the, the slowdown seems to be getting worse. So what that means is that you've got a leadership that trying to organise a bodily transition of power, but at the same time they're trying to consensus over what to do about the economy. And, you know, when the, when the guy is firstly uh, leading up the whole ship, goes missing for a couple of weeks, probably makes it a little harder to get a consensus uh, what to do exactly about, about the economy. Tom, what, what do we know about Xi Jinping and Li Keqiang and their records as economic managers? Well, not very much. Um, Li Keqiang does have uh, a bit more of a record because you can look back at uh, when he was provincial governor. Um, but in a way, it, you know, the names don't really matter. If the next if the next president is Xi Jinping or Li Keqiang or the next prime minister is Li Keqiang or Wang Qishan, um, the names don't really matter. But it does matter that the transition process is seen to be stable and continuous. And when you have just a, a kind of a ridiculous um, question like this just hanging over the process, which we know is supposed to kind of culminate with a party congress in about f- five or six weeks' time, although even the date of that has yet to be announced, it just makes everybody wonder, well, we've seen China go from 10% growth down to 8%. They start to panic a bit. They boost it back up to 10%. People start to worry about overheating. It starts to go down to 8%. But when you have this mystery, this uncertainty, as the economy is going below 8%, you know, investors start to ask the question, the Chinese public starts to ask the question, well, you know, who's steering the ship at a time when we really need to get growth going back up again? U.S. has obviously been dealing with, with, with its own economic slowdown and uh, and for years has been uh, dealing with the idea that, that China will overtake it as the world's largest economy at some point in, in, in the coming 10 or 20 years. Jeff, is that filter, is this, is the China slowdown filtering into the strategic conversation in Washington? I, I think it, I think it is because as, as Tom and Jamila are saying, there's just been this sense of a drift from the Chinese leadership. It's not that people are panicking about what's happening in the Chinese economy, but it's just a sense they're not entirely sure that uh, you know the leadership's completely in control at the moment. I mean, you combine that with all these different episodes that are happening in the South China Sea and East China Sea, um, over some of which China is the provocateur, not in all those cases, but in some cases it does seem as China's been egging along some of these incidents. It is just this feeling that you're... Um, looking at it from the U.S., that you're not entirely sure who's in charge at the moment, um, which is, you know, given China's centrality to everything that's happening in global politics and the global economy, that's a very worrying situation. Jamil, let's close with you. What do you expect over the coming weeks and in the coming months? Uh, are we going to see Xi Jinping and uh, Li Keqiang actually installed there? Uh, or is this uh, missing episode just going to be a something that we dismiss in, in, in the future? I think the most likely scenario is that in, within the week, we'll probably see Xi Jinping reappear. He may have lots of bandages on underneath his uh, his dark suit, but I think he'll be wheeled out in public um, in the next week or two. And we'll probably never know exactly what happened to him. As long as he reappears, as long as he's not seriously incapacitated, he's definitely going to be the president, the next president of China. And uh, we're pretty sure that Li Keqiang, the guy lined up for the premier slot, is going to take that slot as well. And of course, if, if that doesn't happen, if Xi, Xi Jinping doesn't appear within the next two or three weeks, 
then things are seriously, uh, you know, the, the whole Chinese political system is going to be turned upside down. It's going to be a really serious thing. But I think that's probably unlikely. And that's it for this week. My thanks to Jimmy Landolini in Beijing, Jeff Dyer in Washington, and Tom Mitchell here in the studio in London with me. I'm Sean Donnan. World Weekly is produced by Martin Staba. Till next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.